0: There are many different paths you can take. But there's only one road to Atlanta.
1: A high drive deep out to
0: left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flare out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albie. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves Farm System and Braves Prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on talkingchop.com, where I've been the deputy site manager for the past few seasons and, for the, and the minor league editor for, well, we'll just say longer than that. Joining me on what is going to hopefully be a more regular return of the Road to Atlanta podcast is my fairly regular co-host and longtime colleague and friend. You may recognize him from over on Twitter at BravesMILB. As well as for his work over on Talking Chopper, just about as long as I've been. Maybe you're, you're you're a few months short of me. One Garrett Spain. Garrett, how are you, man? Hey, good, doing good. Excited to be back
1: talking a little bit of baseball at least. It's been a long offseason.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I will go ahead and just give our listeners a bit of a heads up. <laughs> this is not going to be a particularly long podcast. Uh, for those who have been living under a rock for the past couple months, we are heavily uh amidst the uh MLB lockout which is starting to threaten uh certainly spring training and possibly the regular season now and there's just not a lot of news to report we you know there's just we don't get a lot of that information about spring training and non-roster invites and stuff like that when spring training isn't even something that's being discussed we don't have trades to talk about and you know things of that nature not you know not signings that get added to the 40-man roster it's just kind of a really pretty awful time of year when you consider the fact that they've just all sorts of transactions and really team activity in general has been frozen. But we do have a few things that we want to talk about. Uh, first, we're going to have a little bit of a news that broke out today that the Braves were able to announce their minor league coaching staffs today, which is going to be a, a, a bit of a topic for us to talk about. And then we're going to take a quick break after that, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what the minor league looks like, the minor leagues just in general look like, Amidst the lockout, which is something that I think that a lot of people aren't aware of, is that just because Major League Baseball could lose regular season games does not mean that that will impact the minor leagues for the most part. There's a little bit, there's a wrinkle to that, but overall, you know, we want to talk a little bit about kind of what that what that looks like, how it's looked like in the past, et cetera. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going in the minor leagues, and that's that we had some uh, some coaching staff chaf- uh, coaching staffs announced. Uh, other than just kind of a, 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 role, a long list of uh, like different coaching coordinators and instructors, et cetera, et cetera, I do want to get to a little bit of the nitty-gritty about the individual team coaching staffs. First, we have at Triple Gwinnett for this year, Matt Sopo returns back as the manager. Mike Maroth, longtime pitching coach, uh, is coming is is coming back as well, along with hitting coach Carl C- Carlos Mendez. Uh, coach Wigberto Navarrez, as Wiggy, uh, Devin Travis as the coach, and then Drew Garner, uh, and, uh Drew Garner and Dan Gartner are the athletic trainers, and Paul Howie is the strength coach there at Gwinnett, uh, followed by Double Mississippi with Dan Meyer leaving. We're gonna have, uh, Bruce Crabb, uh, joining the organization as the manager. Bo Henning's gonna be the pitching coach. Mike Bard, hitting coach. Uh, Angel Flores is gonna be a coach on the squad. Dan, uh, Dan Le- Le- Leja or Leja, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, is going to be the athletic trainer, and then Tyler Ends is going to be the strength coach. For Rome High A, we have, uh, Texera Teixeira returning as the manager. Wes McGuire is going to be moving up as the pitching coach. Uh, Danny, uh, Santestaban, uh, is the hitting coach. Bobby Moore, longtime coach at Rome, Rome is going to be back as a coach. And Jesus Aviles is going to be the athletic treasure, uh, trainer. Augusta at low Nestor Perez moves up to the, being the manager. Uh, then Mike Steed's going to be the pitching coach. Connor Naren going to be the hitting coach. Miles Schroeder, the coach. Austin Smith, the athletic trainer. And Kyle he- Hegedus, the strength coach, followed by the Florida Coast League Braves. I'm never going to get used to saying that. It's going to be the GCL Braves forever for me. Uh Cody Cabilla is going to be the manager. Elvin Nina, the pitching coach. Aner Diaz the, is going to be the hitting coach. Jefferson Romero, coach. Uh, Garrett Wilkinson coach Tom Adams and Joel Wiggins are gonna be athletic trainers and Mike Wall is gonna be a strength coach. Now, that's a whole bunch of names and words that are going to be kind of swimming in your head. Uh, and to be honest with you, a lot of these aren't like be high impact names, a lot, especially at the minor league level. We see a lot of coaching, uh, turnaround and carouseling happening. So, Garrett. Talk to me about kind of the key departures and kind of the key names that you look at on these coaching staffs, uh, when we're talking about it from a developmental perspective and kind of guys that we really like and, you know, also guys that we liked, but maybe more, have either moved or have moved on altogether.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest name is, um, in terms of departures would be Dan Meyer leaving for the Pirates organization. Um, I mean, he's been with the organization for a long time as a pitching coach. He was with Rome for a long time. He did a fantastic job with Mississippi last year. And he's he's definitely a big loss to have, you know, um losing someone who's had that sort of impact on a ton of arms in the system and guys that we're seeing at the major level contributing now is It's never good to see, you know, we're happy for him. We're happy he, you know, he had an opportunity to move up and, you know, move forward with his career. But for the Braves specifically, it's not the, uh, it's not ideal to lose guys like that. But, you know, those guys, you know, they've made good hires in the past. Uh, Bo Henning did a good job at Rome last year. Um, a lot of guys went into that team and made improvements throughout the year. And so he's moved up to double A. Uh, we'll kind of see what he does, you know, at a higher level and, in that role. And, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, those positional coaches aren't like the easiest to judge all the time, but you know, the Braves have done a fairly good job um, at finding those guys and getting good guys in the system. Mike Moroth coming back is obviously a big deal. He's um, he did again. We love the work that he does at Gwinnett Uh, having him back in the system this year is
0: yeah, you know, keeping him as long, At some
1: point, keeping, yeah, <laughs> keeping him is a very important thing. I, I think we all agree that we want to keep Maroth around and keep him, uh you know, working with the guys and having him back is a good deal. Um, and then you know, kind of having a bunch of familiar names with the managers is, you know, kind of that consistency and guys that have kind of been there and can kind of lead teams. You know, all these guys have a ton of experience. Uh, Bruce Crabby. Bruce Crab, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it. Um, he's been with, uh, he's new. He was with the Cardinals since 2006, so that's a lot of minor league experience coming to the Double A Braves. You know, kind of filling that gap that Dan Meyer left, and you know that's going to be a lot of experience. And it's good to have that type of experience at your upper levels.
0: Yeah, and again, I'm I'm kinda of with you. I I like having new names into the organization. It's always having kind of new voices and new eyes on players as you're kind of getting into development, particularly if those are well trained eyes. Uh but I just I remember like writing up Wiggy, uh Wig as like in our recaps and you know, he was really important not just as kind of a piece to kind of fill roster space, particularly at the lower levels in his career, but also just as a intermediary for like young players who maybe uh english is not their first language uh, he was really good about being able to like be a a a middleman between those type those players and coaching staffs who maybe their English was their first language and there was a language barrier. He was really good for that. Uh, a lot of people have just loved him in the organization for a long time. And I think he's really good as kind of a guy as a, as a coach, particularly of those who, again, maybe, maybe, maybe Spanish is more the primary language. He can kind of be that intermediary and he relates really well to those players. He does a great job with that. Um, <laughs> Bobby Moore, I mean, I don't know what to say about the guy. He's, he's other than for a one year layoff, which, it, it hurt me that he wasn't with the organization for that year, but or or wasn't with Rome for that year. But he's he's a Rome staple, uh, a really good hitting coach, and you know his role I think is going to be more as kind of a bench type role uh, with uh, Santi Esteban as the hitting coach. But I think that Bobby's going to be a, do a really good job of being able to kind of. Provide additional advice on the hitting side, as well as just kind of being a, just a relentless positive force in that Rome In that room dugout, uh, it was nice to see Nestor Perez getting the the move up. It looks like that he the Braves seem to like what the work he did down there in the Florida Coast League last year. And beyond that, I mean, you know, again, we a lot of familiar names, but also some turn some turnover here and there. I was terrified that someone was gonna pat was well, someone was gonna poach Mike Moroth. Uh, I personally think that Mike Moroth is a major league coach. I think that he uh, maybe is maybe you don't put him right away as a major league pitching coach, but maybe you put him in as a bullpen coach or some sort of major league role. I think he's very, very good at his job and I am Constantly concerned that some team is going to figure that out and going to try to take him away from the Braves. But hopefully he sticks around for a while because uh, he, he is a really, really good asset for not just the Gwinnett Stripers, but also the Atlanta Braves. Make no mistake about it. Atlanta Braves pitchers, particularly those who are on injury assignment or who just need advice. He is a big part of kind of what happens for those guys, and he's I, again of of all the coaches on this list, especially now that Dan Myers left, who I will miss greatly. Uh, I I had a quick chat with him as he, when he left, I was that uh, he it, he is a deserving guy of all the opportunities that come his way. I hope that he continues to climb the ladder, and hopefully that that turns into a major league job for him down the road because, again, another great pitching coach and uh, the work he did coming in and being basically the interim manager for the Mississippi Braves under very difficult circumstances. It was it was really good and I I think that he I, I wish he was still in the organization again another guy that i think that would have been a great piece for the the Braves in as an organization going forward i'm not sure what role he's looking for down, down the road but i imagine that you know his aspirations are a little bit higher now and the the Pirates got a good one and i hope nothing for the best for him um he again just a great guy but beyond that nothing really too noteworthy beyond the departure of Meyer and just some some promotions Largely, uh, And then the, obviously the addition of Bruce Crabb, who it'll be kind of a wait and see as to how that goes. You know, again, it was a tough situation in Mississippi last year. Hopefully that with Crab in there, it'll be a more of a steady situation on the coaching side for 2022. Uh, before we get into our, uh, our explanation of kind of what we to expect for the 2022 season on the minor league side, at least as far as we're aware, going forward, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning.
0: All right, Garrett. Let's talk lockout, which is basically everyone's favorite topic right now because it's the only topic right now. Um, (laughs) I I I guess I never really considered when I was following baseball back in you know the at the last strike that like what was happening at the minor league level. Um, And first of all, I'm gonna go ahead and tell our listeners is to go and look uh, on Baseball America because J.J. Cooper has a really good article uh, that he he posted. uh, I think it was back in October uh, about what. The lockout means for the minor leagues. um do, Were you momentarily concerned that we were going to have minor league baseball? Because that mean be like you're you're younger than I am, and I, I wasn't sure if you were like before. Obviously, JJ started talking about it, but with the talk about lockout, did you think that it was going to be minor league baseball? I, I think
1: I at some point within the past two or three years, this has come up, and so I knew that. And I probably said this on Twitter before, so I kind of knew that, like there was going to be minor league baseball. Like I knew that it didn't affect the minor league level. I don't know at what point I had seen that, but I had seen that before and was like, okay, so no matter what, you know, we're, we're going to have a job to do next year. So I, I'm a, i am I was aware of it. I'm not sure how, but I was.
0: Yeah. I'm already ready for Chris, to, especially if the blockout really drags into the regular season. But like, I, I've made a joke amongst the minor league writers that he was going to have us break up all the recaps for each game uh, into individual articles Uh, if Chris, if you're listening, please don't make us do that. That'd be a real pain in the butt, but, uh, uh, it it just kind of highlight kind of the lack of content on the major league side, but on the minor league side, again, it's going to be largely business as usual. Um, we've already seen one effect from the lockout vis-a-vis kind of what's goes on in the minor league level. And that was with the rule five draft. Generally speaking, when the rule drive, rule five draft happens, there's the major league side and the minor league side on the major league side. That's a guy that you have to have on your, on your active roster, if you don't keep him on your active roster, you have to be able to offer him back. The minor league side is basically like guys who have been in the minor leagues forever and you don't have to put them on the active roster. You can just stash them in the minor league somewhere. Those two drafts generally happen in two phases at the same time, in the same block of time on the same day at the winter meetings. Obviously, one, there was no winter meetings this year. And two, because you can't make major league roster decisions, during the lockout but you can make minor league transactions the major league portion of the rule 5 draft still hasn't happened whereas the minor league portion did and the Braves did make some moves there we still haven't had the rule 5 draft for the the, the minor leagues uh, for the major leagues the major league portion which is typically the guys who are kind of "Quote unquote" higher impact uh, in the short term, and th- those are the names that we kind of hear about more. We got a lot of questions when the when the Rule Five draft was happening. Uh, is this guy going to be in the bullpen, et cetera, et cetera? That's not. It's two two different portions of the minor, of the Rule Five draft. So we've already seen that impacted by it. But beyond that, we're still seeing we've still seen minor league free agent hap- free agency happening. There's still signings and things like that happening on that end. But beyond that. Once the minor league season is scheduled to start, it's business as usual. The one caveat here is that with spring training being potentially impacted, does that is that going to look a little different for minor leaguers? Are they going to be is there going to be like a separate minor league camp that's going to be separate altogether, that's going to start earlier while the lockout's still ongoing? Is that going to be conducted differently now? Because generally what happens is that spring training happens and like minor leaguers are on the backfields the major leaguers are on the front fields and you'll see guys rotating into those spring training games. You'll see minor leaguers in those games, but if the minor leaguers are for sure going to be getting ready for a season, whereas the the major league players can't and we start losing spring training time, does that impact the minor league schedule? That is one thing I honestly don't have an answer to. I imagine there's going to be some sort of workouts happening leading up to, and maybe once spring training eventually does happen in whatever form it is, then maybe the the minor leaguers will just be brought into the fold after that. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but beyond that, once the the minor league schedule starts, if there's a lockout still going on, we still get minor league baseball. It is still happening. However, there are there is one exception to this, Garrett, and <laughs> one team in particular, the Bridge minor leagues, will be greatly impacted by this, and that is that players on the 40-man roster will not be able to play in the minor leagues because they are on the Braves 40-man roster and are, as a result, would be governed by, By the CBA that is currently being negotiated, whereas the other minor leaguers who are not on the 40 man roster, like, there's no provisions in the collective bargaining agreement for minor league baseball players. It's not, that's not, that that are not on the 40 man roster. (laughs) So, Garrett, how excited would you be to watch the Gwinnett strippers without the guys who are on the 40 man roster on that team?
1: This is a trick question. Uh, I mean, it's, man, pretty, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's what it is. You know, it, it's, I mean, you know, it sucks that all of this because, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, that you're looking at at this AAA level are guys that are, you know, fighting for roster spots, guys like William Contreras who are, you know, looking to carve out major roles and, you know, losing, you know, every month loss for a guy at this level is, hard to replace you know I mean obviously they're working out and doing stuff like that but you know not being able to train on an official capacity is uh not an ideal situation for a lot of these guys so unfortunately you know you hope it gets resolved soon you know obviously for you know the case of we want to watch baseball but you know in terms of having these guys work out and being able to develop the way they need to you know we just lost basically an entire year and losing two You know, losing a month or two is adding on to that in a way that I don't think we any of us want to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just so our listeners are aware, again, this is this is a fairly speculative list because we don't know who's going to end up being on the major league roster. Right. Like there's some guys on this list that maybe were never going to be playing in the minor leagues this year. Uh, maybe they would make the, the, the major league team right out of camp. It's entirely possible. But just to get a sense it's kind of what we're talking about. These are the guys who are, would, are among the likely candidates to both be on the 40 man roster and also have time in the minor leagues that could be impacted by this. Tucker Davidson. Jay Jackson question mark. Again, not 100% certain about him. Dylan Lee. Kyle Muller. Alan Renhel. Spencer Strider. Freddie Tarnock. Brooks Wilson, William Woods, Kyle Wright, William Contreras, Travis Demerit, Christian Pache, and Drew Waters. Now again, we could see Pache could just be the, the starting center fielder for the Braves. We could see Tucker Davidson or Kyle Muller, or, you know, Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright, all those guys, maybe even William Contreras as guys who like make the major league roster right out, so it wouldn't necessarily matter. One way or the other, like they 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 would still be out because they'd be on the major league major league squad. That's a lot of talent that won't be able to play and develop until the CBA is negotiated and done, until the lockout is lifted. That, like, and the, the point that you made is a good one, right? Like, you know, it's it's beyond just that. For example, I mean, this is the, these aren't all AAA guys. There's a few guys like you know that, that would impact more Mississippi than anywhere else, but. Not only would it make the Gwinnett Stripers basically unwatchable, right? It's that they lose like baseball players. A lot of them anyway are creatures of habit, and they're like used to kind of like getting geared up for a season and stretched out and preparing in a certain way, and they they can be creatures of you know routine and of habit and all of a sudden you kind of throw this wrinkle in like when are these guys going to like get the workouts in that they're used to getting in, getting the help from coaching that they're used to getting? How are how are teams going to and again the Braves aren't just alone in this problem. It's that a lot of teams have a lot of guys that they're on their 40-man roster that are going to be in the minor leagues to start the season but they won't be able to play in those se- play and how are they going to get the build up that they need? In you know and again they have separate problems, right? It's because, like, they would want to play with their teams and, like, their absence impacts their minor league teams, but they also have the same problems that the major league team. Major league players have are they can't go through the process that they normally go through to get ready for a regular season. And these are all younger guys who maybe don't, like, need that kind of that coaching and the development to get there, whereas some of the more veteran guys at the major league level, like, they, they know how to get ready for the season. They kind of have, they can do their own thing and they'll be okay. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, these aren't, I mean, sure, some of these guys are more roster-filler types, but some of them aren't, you know? Like, like Kyle Wright doesn't need anything else going wrong in his career to, you know, to 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 put him off the rails again. Spencer Strider and Freddie Tarnock are two young pitchers who are on the cusp of the major leagues, and, like, their routine is going to be impacted. Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson are two guys who, like, want to be competing for major league roster spots, but now they're in a position where, their routines can be thrown off. Christian Pache and Drew Waters; these are two high, like highly rated prospects that the Braves are hoping will be a part of their futures. But now, you know, are they going to be a little bit? Are they going to be a little bit rustier? Are they going to be thrown off even more with the with how this is going? This is how the, the lockout impacts the the minor leagues. Because beyond that, I mean, particularly at the lower levels, if you're not on the 40 man roster, the schedule is played as normal. You know, if there's no regular season major league games playing. You're going to see minor, the minor league you're still going to be able to play. And one uh, thing that JJ mentioned in his article is that there's generally more attention on minor league games because people just want to watch baseball. So you'll see attendance spike, which is always good for those, which is good for those teams. And it also kind of get some guys some more exposure. There's Potentially we could see like some some more uh, minor league games on actual TV as opposed to having to kind of stream them like we've had to for a long, long time now. It's It's kind of a fascinating thing is that, yeah, the minor league season goes on, but it's not as simple as just, you know, and all is well. Like a lot of those guys who are on the 40 man rosters right now around the league and not just on the Braves, they are going to be impacted by this. So it's like, yes, life goes on, but not exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we kind of let folks go?
1: Nah, I mean, I think we're, we've pretty much covered all there is to cover at this point. Um, just yeah, it's pretty good. I it, think it, we're all uh, on, we're on the same page. We just want to we want to start seeing uh good faith negotiations and uh actual progress towards an end. And right now there's more and more concern every day that there's no progress and so it's uh, disappointing to see. Yeah,
0: I I actually got I actually got really riled up about it today and I submitted an article uh, into the editor and uh, basically it it boils down to Rob Manfred and the owners just must think we're stupid because it's unbelievable. Like, mean, look, I I respect the hustle, right? There's a lot of money involved. Both sides have a lot at stake, so I get that there needs to be negotiations, but – For Rob Manford to walk out there and say that owning a baseball team when you factor in what you have to invest in the team is, like, really risky and, like, a lower return than the stock market, and, like, doing so with a straight face blows my mind. I mean, Loria bought the Miami Marlins for $150 million, I think mismanaged the crap out of that franchise to the point where it's like no one goes to their games and like their roster was in shambles and still managed to sell that team, what, 15, 16 years later for $1.2 billion. You mean to tell me that there are multiple ownership groups out there that are willing to pay $1.2 billion for that team Look at baseball teams as risky investments that they won't get a return on those. Now, never mind the fact that he's like completely ignored like the 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 year to year revenues that you get from just ticket sales and things like that, right? I, I don't know. I was I was really tilted by the whole, by the whole thing. In addition to kind of just the general bad faith and you know like at the last minute just like requesting a federal mediator mediator uh, as a, as opposed to actually just giving a counteroffer which is what they said they were going to do uh in order to try to get the just to buy more time to you know to try to wait out the players longer and make them look bad by rejecting a mediator as opposed to just participating in the negotiations it's it's an unfortunate situation and you know Look, the the players' association didn't do themselves any favors with how the last CBA went, when they were focusing on you know little amenities here and there, and not focused enough on you know the actual economics of baseball. And now they feel like they have to get some of that ground back, uh, whereas the owners don't want to give it back. And now the owners also think that they have the upper hand. It's it's a mess, and I'm hopeful that it gets resolved quickly because while on our side of things, on the minor league side, uh things will be largely normal. Uh, I know that in general, fans want to see baseball being played and they just want to be able to enjoy the sport that they love. And hopefully it gets resolved quickly now that, you know, actual regular season games could be threatened relatively soon. So that's pretty much all I have for that. Uh, thank you all so much for the support over the, over the years on the podcast. Again, it's been just an absolute wasteland of a lack of news. The goal going forward is for us to continue to start gearing up weekly. We'll start talking a little bit about. Our thoughts on each what we think that each the of the levels is gonna look like to start the season. We're gonna maybe do some rot- retrospective type stuff. Maybe Garrett and I will go through and look at some of our old prospect lists and laugh at each other about them. Uh that that'd be really fun, particularly if we go back particularly early. Those twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen lists were pretty spicy. Um and then we uh Beyond that, we're just gonna to try to get some more content here and we're gonna start talking about the draft before too long. Uh, you know, college ball's already starting to gear up and we're already starting to hear some names that are in the general range of where the Braves will be picking, so we maybe be able to get Matt on the show, or maybe we'll talk draft just with Garrett and I. We'll see how that goes. So we're gonna start gearing up weekly to kinda of get ready for the minor league season because even though the major league season would, you know is very much up in the air. We know that the minor leagues are coming and we know that a lot of our readers are really interested in what's going to be going on. So we're going to start gearing the podcast back up every, you know, posting every Monday night to talk about those, talk about those guys. I appreciate you Garrett for coming on and hosting this with me. I apologize to our listeners for a little bit of a, of a, a shorter show, but at the end of the day, there's just not a whole lot to talk about right now. And we do want to get some, some information out there for you as to kind of what our plans were going forward, as well as talking about the coaching staffs and kind of what what the lockout means for the minor leagues. Thanks again so much. If you want to never miss an episode, you subscribe to the Talking Shop podcast feed. You'll get this podcast. You'll get the Talking Shop flagship program hosted by the great Brad Rowland and you'll get the Daily Hammer, uh, which is more of a day, more of a, I say daily, uh, lately with the lockout, it's been more of a semi regular podcast as well, hosted by Sean Coleman, who's been doing a great job over there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave five star review. It really helps us grow the podcast. Thanks again to our leader, readers and our listeners during what's been a very difficult time on the baseball side. But never forget, the Braves are the 2021 World Series champions. And whenever you're feeling a little bit sad about baseball, just put on those highlights. It'll make you feel a lot better. Until next time, we'll see you on the road.